Good afternoon. It's uh, just about to go 12 p.m. and that means it's time for the Money Web at Midday show. I'm Warren Thompson and remember that this show is being brought to you by Chartered Accountants of South Africa, leaders in business. So a fairly quiet day on the markets today. We're going to be speaking to uh, the CEO of SAPI South Africa, Alex Thiel, following the company's uh, decision, well, the company's inclusion in the uh, Department of Energy's Renewable Energy Independent Power Producer Procurement Program uh, through its Ingondwana Mill in Mpumalanga. Uh, that is a biomass, biomass project. Uh, we'll be getting a bit of insight there from Alex Thiel, uh, SAPI's South African CEO, in just a few seconds. And then as part of our markets coverage, we'll be speaking to Paul Fouchet uh, from Unum Capital to get his thoughts on what appears to be a fairly quiet day on the JSC at the moment. Uh, and that will, uh, so we'll begin just after the break with that story from Impumalanga. MoneyWeb has a unique opportunity for financial advisors. Through our Click and Advisor offering, advisors can interact with a growing investor-based audience and attract new clients. To find out more, visit www.moneyweb.co.za. Right, last week we had the uh, Department of Energy signing 27 uh, renewable energy uh, procurement uh, projects as part of its uh, rounds 4.5 and 5. And one of those was the Sapi Ingondwana Mill in Mpumalanga uh, that uh, signed an agreement to supply energy to the state utility through its biomass project. Uh, Here to discuss uh, this project with me is Alex Thiel. He's the South African CEO of Sapi, and he joins me on the uh, telephone now. Good to speak to you, Alex. Good afternoon, Warren, and good afternoon to your listeners. First of all, just provide us with some context, if you will, Alex. Uh, just tell us what the Ingodwana Mill does for you in Mpumalanga. Um, uh, Warren, the Ingodwana Mill is one of our bigger facilities. We produce um, craft liner boards, so really the, the raw material to make cardboard boxes, and that's mainly focused on uh, fruit exports. So the, all the citrus and avos that are uh, exported out of the country actually gets packaged in the boxes that are made from our material. Secondly, we make some dissolving pulp there, and dissolving pulp is uh, the raw material for producing textiles. So if you go into Woolworths and the viscose rayon sheets or the uh, jacket linings, that comes from the raw material, eucalyptus-based, tree-based fiber that actually is produced in that mall. And then finally, we make some newsprint. Um, and, uh, we, we, you buy the star, the business day, etc. normally printed on our newspaper. Okay, great. So, so the kind of what's the the, the waste product uh, primarily that comes out of that plant? Well, um, there's you know very little um, of what actually uh, gets produced that goes into waste, but there is a little bit of biomass uh, fiber that goes into landfill. So, really, um, uh, fiber and, and wood material that we cannot process. So that's that's predominantly the uh, the biggest waste process, uh, product. There's a little bit of sodium that we need to process as well, uh, but um, you know we try and run it as efficiently as possible and not produce a lot of waste. So, and and just give us a little bit of a, a, a taste around what the the plant's uh, energy requirement is, because uh, as we start to discuss how this biomass project uh, is going to work, I presume. Uh, that initially uh, the concept was to supply the plant with its or, or make ensure that the plant could supply itself with its own power. Was that uh, the original idea behind it? 
No, um, actually, if you look at the, the pulping process, whether we make container board or we make dissolving pulp, we only use a part of the tree and then the, the lignin, so the binder in the tree, we, we uh, burn in our recovery boilers. And that actually gives us an energy positive process. So already before this project, we were um, selling electricity, excess electricity, which we actually, after um, obviously generating steam and then putting it through turbines, we do sell to ESCOM. So really the rationale behind the project is we have a footprint, an industrial, industrial footprint there, so to put a, a biomass boiler on site makes sense. You don't have to go and create a brand new infrastructure. And then secondly, uh, the biomass that actually gets generated in our plantations, we obviously cut the logs and we take them into the mill, but then there are uh, branches and excess biomass that we either leave on the planta- we, we leave on the plantation, and that is the, will really be the fuel that we use to actually run these biomass boilers. Okay, so, uh, so, so give us uh, an idea then uh, how this agreement with, uh, with Eskim is going to work. This is, this is a long-term agreement, a 20-year agreement, and we um, uh, have uh, agreed, procure, or um, contracted that we will supply 25 megawatts of um, energy to them for a, a period of 25 years. Um, this is actually not a, a sole um, SAPI project. We do have um, we are a third partner in this. Um, our our uh, second partner is um, Arip, so African Rainbow um, Energy and um, uh, uh, Production. And then thirdly, we have Casey Cottrell, which is in fact the contractor that will um, uh, construct the plant. So essentially, um, the agreement would be that we supply the site. We are a third, um, a third owner in in uh, the project, um, but um, we will sell all the uh, electricity, uh, uh, the power generated back to ESCOM, so into the grid. Okay. So and and just tell us a little bit, a little bit more uh, in detail about how the actual the the, the energy is generated. Well, um, the, the biomass uh, coming into the mall, so really, um, as I say, branches and alien vegetation for that matter um, would be chipped, uh, just very large chipping operation. That then gets f- fed into a, a boiler, uh, steam heated, and that steam uh, genera- uh, or powers a 25 megawatt um, turbine generator, and that ge- generator um, uh, generates uh, electricity that um, through a grid connection just goes back into the grid. So a re- relatively simple process. Um, what we like about it is it's renewable energy. Um, and um, unlike the, uh, other projects, you know, if you, if you think about wind or solar, you can uh, biomass uh, is consistent. So you can really see that as base load. It's not right. dependent on you know daylight or uh, wind blowing. Right. So um, uh, what we uh, what it does for us is it, it proves the concept that you can have a base load renewable uh, power generation. The other nice thing about the project is that it creates uh, quite a number of jobs, and you know that obviously in the Mpumalanga area there's a need for for job creation in the rural, rural communities, and that uh, does tick that box. Okay, um, so uh, so and and of course your plant runs 24/7 as I understand it. 
That's correct. It runs 24-7, 365 days. So very suitable for uh, for someone like Eskim to use as baseload uh, and certainly uh, a, a different profile of the energy in the, in the renewables uh, basket, so to speak. Uh, just one last qu- question, Alex. Have you got any uh, further plans to roll this out to other any other mills or, or plants that you have in the country? Um, we are we are looking at opportunities, and we will certainly participate in a, um, any uh, further bids. Uh, there is a lot of biomass available in South Africa, you know, especially alien vegetation, but also from plantation residue. So certainly we have plans and uh, we will take the opportunity when it presents itself. All right, great. Well, very interesting talking and uh, and nice to uh, get a bit of perspective as to uh, this is certainly uh, a a different kind of uh, uh, energy trajectory or energy path for for Eskim to use and uh, uh, makes it what what makes it distinguishable for me is that it's obviously uh, a big industrial consumer of energy that's now also feeding energy onto the grid so creating a a two-way system um, we'll be sure to stay in touch uh, Alex and uh, if you have any further uh, plants underway or projects underway be sure to let us know certainly do that my pleasure Thank you. That was Alex Thiel, uh, the South African, SAPI South African Chief Executive Officer. All right, time to have a look at the markets. The JSC having a fairly good day today, up uh, one and one fifth of a percent at 56,770 points. Uh, it's just gold mining in the red, down nearly 2% today. Uh, while resources are uh, quite, uh, quite a stark contrast there, up uh, 2%, financials up one-third, and industrials up uh, over 1% at the moment. Behind Nuspers is the most traded share on the bourse today is BHP Billiton thus far, followed closely by Barclays Africa Group, soon to be uh, renamed or renamed ABSA already. Uh, following those uh, quite extensive management changes that we uh, discussed yesterday. Uh, in terms of your currencies, the Rand is trading at 12 Rand 11 to the US dollar. It's lost about one fifth of a percent. Uh, against the pound, it's down almost one third of a percent to 17 Rand 15. And against the euro, it's made, gra- it's made gains up a quarter of a percent to 14 Rand 86. Uh, gold is at $1,335 an ounce, pretty flat. Uh, platinum and palladium having great days today. Platinum up over almost 2.5% to $932 an ounce. Uh, palladium matching its stride for stride up almost 3% to $934 an ounce. Uh, to discuss a fairly quiet day on the markets is Paul Fouchet from Unum Capital. He joins me on the phone. Good to speak to you, Paul. Hi, Warren. Good to speak to you, too. Uh, a few uh, quiet days we've had, and I suppose uh, many analysts like yourself will be looking at looking back at some of the results and digging a bit further into uh, the companies that have all reported in the last few weeks. Uh, just give us a sense of uh, where this market is going from here, though. Yeah, I mean, obviously, look, we had a bit of volatility, uh, not just here, but but internationally as well, and I think that was normal considering that we we had you know quite a quite a uh, period of, of sort of muted muted volatility in the markets and a little bit of uh, what would you call it, I guess, uh, sort of everyone sitting back and kind of just riding the wave, and now yeah, a bit of volatility. I think you know, and that's normal for markets when you have uh, a market running so hard and kind of almost up in a straight line for so long. It kind of makes sense that that uh, you know there's going to be some selling off people get nervous and 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 that's what we're seeing at the moment obviously you know uh what's happening in america uh, with what's going on with trump and the trade tariffs that's a, that's a bit of concern uh then you had things like um, you know uh, 
uh, uh, non-farm payroll numbers coming out last week that were quite uh, quite uh, disappointing. So so that kind of adds a little bit of volatility into the markets, and I think we've had that now sort of. You know, we're still in, I believe, in the midst of, a, of quite a strong bull market. So I think, you know, over the last few days, seeing the markets kind of taper off or kind of uh, quiet down a little bit and, and, and some solid gains on the, uh, across the board. That's where I think we are at the moment, you know. Uh, results, uh, economically, not much has changed. Okay, so we're in the global macro environment. We, we sort of we covered the uh, trade war that was brewing between China and the US, but uh, I understand that uh, some of the emerging markets uh, including ourselves, uh, got got uh, were sold off. Is that uh, is that true of the so-called BRICS? Yeah, I think uh, that happens when when you have a bit of a risk off uh, sentiment in the markets. Generally, your emerging markets do sell off, and we and we are obviously seen as an emerging market, so we sell off in line with that. Um, I think what our market went off about twelve percent from its uh, its intraday high. So it's quite a quite a decent sell-off, uh, and obviously we're recovering off that now. But but that's just really a risk-off kind of uh, risk-off sentiment, which which affects that. Not really anything happening uh, uh, locally regarding uh, locally on the economic front to, to justify it. It's more just a risk-off trade. Okay, great. Uh, in terms of uh, just uh, this, you would have seen those announcements yesterday by ABSA. Uh, do you expect that they they are playing a little bit of uh, catch up there with respect to uh, now the fact that they have uh, they don't have the restrictions of of uh, uh, their their previous parent company Barclays looking over their shoulder. They they're, they're perhaps going to be a bit more aggressive in credit extension. Well, we can hope. Um, you know, uh, I think I think I think there's a few things that are going to affect not just Apps, but all the banks in general, and that is obviously a, an improved economic uh, outlook uh, with regards to South Africa, and that should help. Um, you know, uh, if if if, uh, if locally we could sort of uh, the government um, is able to control its, its debt as well, that's going to run into the private sector as well. And you might have all the banks looking at uh, easing off their sort of uh, credit granting. Uh, uh, what do you call them? Though the way they grant credit, so I think uh, that that should uh, benefit all the banks, and a growing economy should should benefit all the banks, not just APSA. But yes, I, I think you know APSA obviously being able to make uh, be more in control of itself with, is, is only a positive for the company. These big corporate conglomerates, conglomerates generally, uh, especially multinationals, generally become quite inefficient over time. So it's better, <laughs> and you'll see that with uh, you, you see it in history with many companies. You know, you can even look at like a General Electric. Uh, the results have just become uh, worse and worse over time as the company gets less efficient and becomes more complex. So I think it's a good thing for Absa. Uh, when you, if uh, just in terms of the banks, is, is uh, Absa one of your preferred banks? We we actually like NetBank. Uh, we think NetBank's uh, probably got the most to run, or uh, the, 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 uh, it's probably done worse and got the most to to benefit in a growing uh, local economy. So we actually like NetBank. Out of the banks. Is that just uh, based on the valuation, or do you see uh, that they you yeah. like the strategy that they're pursuing? Based, based more on valuation. Um, so, so, so in our eyes, uh, it's just been it, it it did the worst, and I think we'll we'll, we'll see it uh, improving the best. It's on the lowest PE, um, and we like it for that for that reason. Um, very strong, obviously, on the corporate side, but uh, not really. That's not the reason we own it. We just think that in a, in a, in a, in a uh, improving economic situation it'll do the best alright great um, Paul we're going to have to leave it there but thanks very much for your time today thank you Warren good talking to you that was Paul Fischer from Unum Capital remember that this show is being brought to you by Chartered Accountants of South Africa leaders in business
Numerology studies tell us that numbers have symbolic meaning. Number 8 stands for success, 4 is stability, and 3 represents advantage. These qualities, over and above trust, ethics and leadership, are embraced by CASA, the leading accounting, auditing and tax business designation underpinned by ethical standards, delivering responsible business leadership to take your business to number one. Because business is more than just numbers. CASA, leaders in business. And that brings us to the end of another MoneyWeb at Midday Show. I'll be back at the same time tomorrow. Cheers for now. 